In a hole in the ground, there lived a hobbit. Many ages ago, when this ancient planet was not quite so ancient, long before man recorded his history, it was the time of Middle-earth, when man shared his days with elves, dwarves, wizards, goblins, dragons, and hobbits. In the lands of Middle-earth, in an area known as the Shire, there was a village named Hobbiton. There, in a hole in the ground, lived a hobbit. Not a nasty, dirty, wet hole, nor a dry, bare, sandy hole. It was a hobbit hole, and that means comfort. The Neverland Podcast, episode 56. Guess we're talking about the hobbit today, huh? As well as Christmas. Merry Christmas! What is this? Welcome to Neverland. Come in and know me better, man. Merry, Merry Christmas. Merry, Merry Christmas. Merry, Merry Christmas. Merry, Merry Christmas. Oh, what a Merry Christmas day. Yes, welcome back once again to the Neverland Podcast. I am, of course, your host, The Pan. My name is Jeremy, and I figured... I was going to take it easy this week. I had originally, you know, I'd had plans. Uh, long-time listeners will know that I have I had spoken with Richard and Sarah Boloski of Skywalking Through Neverland at one point to maybe have them on at the end of the year to talk about uh, what happened within the year within Star Wars and Marvel. Uh, but you know what? I wanted to leave them to, to do things with their family. Christmas came so close to the weekend and time of recording that, you know, I just wanted to keep it simple and do a little something myself. And you're probably still celebrating Christmas here over this weekend You know, I hate to have Christmas just end on the 26th. I like to carry and have a full week of enjoying myself and uh, all the way up through New Year's Day. Just, you know, stretch it out a little bit. So, you know what? This last weekend here of 2014, we're still going to have some Christmas fun. But as well as having a little bit of Christmas fun, we're going to discuss a little bit of a movie that came out. Just a little movie uh, called The Hobbit Battle of the Five Armies. But before we get started, let's do a little bit of history of The Hobbit. You know, this, of course, is a novel. And uh, I've read it, golly, I don't even know how many times I've read it since, like, middle school. I remember we read it. Or was that high school? I don't know. I think we read it in middle school as well. And then I read it in high school as part of a class. Um... But The Hobbit, or There and Back Again, uh, is a fantasy novel and children's book by English author J.R.R. Tolkien. It was published on the 21st of September of 1937 to a wide critical acclaim and being nominated for the Carnegie Medal and awarded a prize from the New York Herald Tribune for Best Juvenile Fiction. The book remains popular and is recognized as a classic in children's literature. It's set in a time between the dawn of the fairy and the dominion of men. The Hobbit follows the quest of home-loving hobbit Bilbo Baggins to win a share of the treasure guarded by the dragon Smog. Bilbo's journey takes him from the light-hearted rural surroundings into more sinister territory. The story is told in the form of an episodic quest, and most chapters introduce a specific creature or type of creature of Tolkien's Wonderland. Wild... Well, Wilderland, it's a weird word. Uh, By accepting the disreputable, romantic, fey, and adventurous sides of his nature and applying his wits and common sense, Bilbo gains a new level of maturity, competence, and wisdom. And the story reaches its climax in the Battle of the Five Armies, where many of the characters and creatures from earlier chapters re-emerge to engage in the conflict. 
Personal growth and forms of heroism are central themes of the story, along with the motifs of warfare. These themes have led critics to view Tolkien's own experiences during World War I as instrumental in shaping the story. The author's scholarly knowledge of Germanic philology and interest in fairy tales are often noted as influences. Encouraged by the book's critical and financial success, the publisher requested a sequel, and as Tolkien's work on the successor, The Lord of the Rings, progressed, he made retrospective accommodations for it in The Hobbit, but these few but significant changes were integrated into the second edition. Further editions, followed with minor emendations, included those reflecting Tolkien's changing concept of the world into which Bilbo stumbled. The work has never been out of print. Its ongoing legacy encompasses many adaptions for screen, stage, radio, board games, and even video games, and several of these adaptations have received critical recognition on their own merits. One day I'll remember. Remember everything that happened. The good, the bad. Those who survived, and those that did not. Home is behind the world ahead. And there are many paths to tread. Through shadow to the edge of night until the stars are all alight. Mist and shadow, cloud and shade. Will you have peace or war? I will have war. Okay, so now joining me then is Pixie Heather. Hello. And, uh, okay, so you, your family actually had a copy of the old Rankin-Bass animated version of The Hobbit. Yes. So you got to see that first or before before or after you read the book? Uh, I actually saw it first before I realized that there was a book um, and loved the movie. Um, you know, I didn't really know why. It was kind of like this odd little movie that had kind of goofy little songs in it, but I, we enjoyed it and we watched it. Um, quite a bit. Not to where I would say I have it memorized or anything like that, but it was very memorable. Um, and later on I did discover, and I'm not sure when, that there was a book that went along with it and uh, had read the book um, prior to the Lord of the Rings movies coming out. And, of course, when the Lord of the Rings movies come out, we, we, we read the books. started reading the books. Yeah, we got through the first movie and was like, this is really cool. There's a book series out. Let's read it. So Yeah, I'd always intended to read it, but I just never really got around to it. Because uh, I did take classes like of mythology and legend 
uh, sort of a literature type class, an English class in high school where we went through and studied up on The Hobbit, but I had already read The Hobbit kind of previously to that, and I, I think I saw the cartoon first as well. And then I was like, oh, there's a book. I kind of liked that cartoon. Uh, and then figured, oh, well, The Lord of the Rings is a sequel thing, and I know it's kind of big. I should probably sit down and read that one of these days. And, of course, the first you know, trilogy of The Lord of the Rings books or movies were really well done, even better with the extended, because you get a lot more of the stuff from the book. Because the books are pretty dense. I mean, yeah. there's a lot of stuff that goes on a lot in them. Lots of stuff. So the, the extended ones on those is a good thing. However, going back to The Hobbit, when it's a short book, and it's kind of a children's literature, extending it out, I kind of it kind of hurt it. You know, and I know a lot of people when it was first coming out, and first we heard about it being split into two movies, and then we got heard heard about it being split into three movies, and each one was going to be three hours. We're like, well, this is just one book. Why are you splitting it into three parts? And it was really, they are trying to tie it back to The Lord of the Rings, and so they added a lot of bits that really just came out. In the first movie, it came out as being cameos and just drug things and slowed them down. Frodo making an appearance at the beginning, bringing in the mail, and then going out to read this book where we find him at the beginning of the Fellowship of the Ring film. Really wasn't necessary. It's just slowed things down. It's, there was another bit there where we got to see Gladriel and everybody and have a small little council of you know, talking about the necromancer. It seemed to just slow things down, and it felt like, oh, look, a cameo. Uh, the only things that were added into the film that you don't get a whole lot of detail on the books were stuff like Radagast and talking a little bit more about the necromancer and Mirkwood, which we know now to be, of course, Sauron, which we knew if we, when we read the book, really, anyway. Um... But really, there, there wasn't a whole lot you needed to add, and that's, I think, what's with going through them, that's something to me that's kind of made it suffer. I liked the first movie. The second one, not so much, because there was so much added stuff and so much changed that it felt like the whole movie was dragging its feet. Well, and I, I guess I disagree on some of that. I know uh, you wanted it a little more concise, and I, I there were some times that, honestly, I was kind of like, that that really wasn't necessary, but... Maybe it was because that theater was really cold and for sitting in it for three hours, but I was... I don't know. It, it just drug along. I I enjoyed some of the, the cameos and some of the tie-ins and, and fleshing out some characters. Cameos that, are better in Muppet movies, though. Well, okay, but I particularly I I like Radagast, and I think I probably yeah. have said well, him that in previously. There. He's part of the story of the Hobbit, so that's fine. I like I like them spending it's, more time with him and spending yeah. more time with, uh, you know, the whole the Mirkwood thing, which it really is just mentioned. The Hobbit is very kind of mysterious. If you read uh, Tolkien's other works, it, it, it kind of t- fills you in a little bit more. But yeah. really, there's not much book source for. What exactly happened? So that, I thought that other was... than the being locked in a dungeon and Bilbo getting them out with his ring, and they mm-hmm. it seems in the Hobbit films they've strayed away from him putting that ring on very much, uh, mainly because I guess they didn't want to have a, an invisible character running around, and they didn't want to spend all the money perhaps or all the time with the blurified version of wearing the ring that we've gotten used to from the Lord of the Rings. Which made sense in Lord of the Rings. I think he, he probably could have done in The Hobbit. They could have had to where things weren't blurred out because Sauron was not at his near his full strength at the time. So mm-hmm. they really should have gotten around that and made it kind of flow a little better because that ring kind of helps Bilbo, Bilbo find his courage. Uh, but we're here to talk about the third one. But I'm just saying where I'm coming from by the time we get to the third one and why the second one, I was not excited about the third movie after that second one. It really drug its feet and added a bunch of extra stuff. But now the third one... We went to because, and I wasn't going to go because unless we were able to go for free. And Heather had gotten some passes because you've been donating platelets. Yes. So yes. 
they give you free stuff. Yeah, they well they want platelets. So I mean, they want platelets. So so you got some free passes, and so we I went ahead and went. And says okay, well at least I don't feel like I'm out a bunch of money if this one is not better than that second one. Well, the nice thing is, is this one helps tie together all the things that were boring about the the, the second one or were seemed pointless in the first one. It helps tie everything back together uh, because you know that, that council bit where they're just kind of discussing things we actually get to see them driving the necromancer out of Mirkwood and that kind of helped me wrap up that little bit and also some of the extra storyline that we got in the second one I'm going to presume you've seen the second film in this Hobbit series where they kind of had like Keeley and uh, Toriel and Elf and they, they were kind of have like kind of a bit of a little romance googly eye thing going on which drug on and it's like okay we get it you know but this is not in the book come on can we go back to the dragon you know I don't know I'm okay with a little romance yeah, it was it's okay for a little bit it, it drug things out and it, it felt like we strayed away from the story but it, it it's got a payoff in this movie which I don't want to say because I don't want to spoil things because that's a movie thing. If you've read the yeah. book, there's some stuff I can't spoil because you'll know. You know, you know how but it's going to come out. this is a part of the, the movie that's not in the book. But the, it, it, this one has stayed closer to the book. We got to uh, see, you know, the beginning madness of or the dragon sickness of Thorin. And so you really get a good, nice storyline pretty much sticking to the book of how he says, oh, this is our gold and I really want the Arkenstone. And following up on that and staying with it and... It still feels like the, the a movie that's supposed to be Bilbo's story has really pulled away from Bilbo a lot, but Bilbo does, does get to play his part that he's supposed to have. But it, it really, that's, that is one thing I've had with the movies. Like, this is for, supposed to be from Bilbo's perspective, and it seems like we hardly There's see a Bilbo. Lot of, it's a lot of more of the dwarves yeah. than it is from The Hobbit. And, and I don't know, maybe it was that way because The Lord of the Rings was so Hobbit-driven, and maybe maybe that's why they decided... But well, that's these books. That's the, 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 it is the these books. two books are about hobbits. It is. If you want more of the Middle Earth, there are some great books, you know, like the Cimmerillion, a lot of other books that do contain a lot of other stories around Middle Earth. But these two specific books are about hobbits. Mm -hmm. And we seem Bilbo was hardly around in that second movie. He got to fight with the spiders, and then we forgot he existed. <laughs> you know, and then they split the dwarves up there to leave some in Lake Town. Uh, but this one definitely stepped up everything and wrapped everything, every little storyline up in such a way that you can be very satisfied with everything. And it was a lot of fun. They they inserted some humor. Yeah, we we were talking about. I don't know if we should we say just to. Let's just say this was made by released by Warner Brothers, and there was a very wily e. coyote moment. And there was a couple of them, there, really. Yeah, we we found some humor in the way that the trolls were used in battle. Yeah, uh, I've, it seemed like an inappropriate time for me to bust out laughing, but it was just so funny. I mean, something horrible really had kind of just happened that some bad stuff was about to happen, but a troll does something that is useful for the bad guys, but is just hilarious and kind of wily e. coyote. Yeah. And then one of these, if you've been watching this films too, the big major orc characters, one mm. of them does die in a wily e. coyote fashion. <laughs> mm. <laughs> You'll know what I'm talking about if you pay attention to the complete, to, to the bitter final time, the last time you ever see that character. You'll know why I thought it was very wily e. coyote, and I almost laughed again. Yeah, it, it was nice though to have those little moments of levity, especially during the battle, because it is very grim. It is, you know, I mean, like this is life and death, yeah. and lots of death, and so I, I think it it helped me as I was watching it to be like, oh, okay, yeah, I mean, that was kind of silly, but okay, you know, okay, you know, <laughs> well, we, we can go. with It's it. entertainment when it, you got some funny because there's a lot of drama because yeah. you've got Thorin's madness. And, uh, 
There's a lot about friendship in this. Well, know, yeah, which, French, which friendships is a good are theme. stretched and then kind of broken but repaired. And, and you uh, know. everybody's want and greed for the massive mm-hmm. amount of treasure that nearly leads to a catastrophe, mm-hmm. a catastrophe of a war. Yeah. Uh, but things, of course, do change. There's still going to be a huge, massive battle, but uh, you need the arrival of the Fifth Army. Yeah. So. I, I, I do have to say, though, um, I really like the Elf King. I know he's like kind of the jerk character in it, but like... It resolves that very well. It does resolve that very well and kind of ties into his madness and like why he is the way that he is. And so yeah. that was nice to see. He's um, a jerk for a reason. <laughs> however, I really thought like, you know, I'm watching him with like the stag and the big antlers and I'm like... Oh, yes. I want... <laughs> I mean, if, you know, if I could be in Middle Earth, like that's what I want. I want a yeah. giant deer to ride um, around yeah. on. Everybody, imagine and a very large deer with moose antlers. It was flipping off. It was awesome. It was like, um, actually, it reminded me of the um, Irish elk, which are they have fossils of, but they were they look just like that giant. He needed to have like plants deer. and flowers that were like vines hanging off of his antlers and flowers. Oh, he's a, he's a war, been, he's a war deer. He's supposed know, to be like you know, know. It just had that impressive. great fairy tale fantasy sort of thing. You just wanted to see the the it, epic. It did so, <laughs> and I also like some of the the dwarf. You know, like the way that they did put a lot of effort into trying to make the two arm the not the armies. Well, the two dis- distinct of the elves and the dwarves. Like their battle styles very differently, and yeah. and you did get well, to see yeah, like we did get to see that this the is the way the dwarves battle in order to you know play to their strengths. This is what the elves do, yeah. and I, I thought oh, the that elves were so precise. It's like mm-hmm. rhythm for every anytime there's an order, just clap 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 clap. And I I I I had to wonder, did they actually get guys that worked that hard to be that much in step when they filmed it, or did they use a little bit of CG trickery to make sure everybody was perfectly in sync? It's amazing when you see this. Mm-hmm. The way they just, of course, they were there was a lot of precision when they were in the Lord of the Rings there at the at, when they showed up. But at the that's been a Helms staple in, in all of the movies is that the elves are like that elite fighting. Clockwork. I mean, if They're you want, perfect. if you really want an ally, you better have some elves because they kick butt and make good you friends know? with Galadriel because holy cow, she's scary. Yeah, there's a good scene <laughs> where where and I, I was telling Jeremy as we were um, you know kind of sitting at the end of the movie watching the credits it was it was really nice to see you know Elrond and Galadriel and uh, and Sauron whooping some butt you know like we we see them as these really awesome characters and they have power in there and you actually get to see like this is why they're at the place that they are at you know Elrond kicks butt Galadriel kicks butt Sauron kicks butt you know I mean like it's it's really cool. So and I like Radagast. So anytime yeah. Radagast, oh, shows Radagast up, makes I'm happy. a great appearance in this. Yes, and it and, and finally Bjorn because I don't I felt Bjorn was really underused in the second one. That kind of irritated me because I love Bjorn. He's a great character. The but in, they cut the out books, most of his. Uh, in the books, Bjorn has a lot of comedy, a little bit with the way that. The way that they the dwarves were introduced to, to him and, and all of that, yeah. and, and they kind of skimmed over it, which was kind of they sad. didn't even but, do it in the second one. But he did show but, up. The yes, way he's supposed and it to is in the awesome. Book. And you see so. the fierce man that Bjorn is, yes. and he tears down some orcs. It's a lot of fun. Wraps up, ties up everything very nicely. Mm-hmm. I actually really highly recommend this one. And uh, I know we should, we're kind of a Disney show. We should be going to see Into the Woods. But we'll go it sometime. We'll go see it. And we'll give you what we think of that one. So, But until then, we, we give The Hobbit a, let's see, how many um, uh, Arkham Stones out of ten? Out of ten, usually it's five. Like you know, when you rate it out of five, so well, we're doing out of ten. Out of ten. Out of ten, Arkenstones. How many do you rate it? I well, give only you a one Arkenstone, but I would. I say 
<laughs> well, there is. She's not getting well on board with the program here. <laughs> um, well, how many Arkansas out of 10? We're giving you a wide range. I, I, I would say this is this is a 10 out of 10 for me. Okay. Well, I'm going to give it 8 because it's not perfect, mm-hmm. but it was really good. So yeah. it, only if it was below a 5 is it bad. But if it's an 8, that means you should go see it. But, I, you know, very often I'm not going to give a 10 because few movies are perfect. I don't so. know. I really like this one. But I guess, well, it doesn't mean I didn't really like it. I just, it's not perfect, but it's great. Oh, and the 3D, we would, we did go see it in 3D. Yes. Um, so do you think it's worth it to see 3D or are you thinking, you know, just go ahead in 2D. The 3D is not the extra worth it. I really think you'd probably be okay with 2D. I didn't notice a lot of stuff that was very much like you really need to see this in 3D. But that's good because it bothers me when I see 2D movies and they throw in all this 3D stuff and you're sitting here going, okay, yeah. that would be nice if they, I could see There it really 3D. wasn't any 3D throw-ins, although there mm-hmm. were some nice wide shots of a lot of land that really kind of add some nice mm-hmm. layers when you see it in 3D. But there are some times in here that it looked like a 2D characters in 3D space. But there was a lot of times, though, it looked as good as like Guardians of the Galaxy was brilliant in 3D. It was, it was so in-depth. It was very immersive. Mm-hmm. But this one, it didn't feel like it was as immersive in 3D, but uh, I think you go either way. If you yeah. want to do 3D, the that's fine. The big landscapes and the you're big not, wide shots are really You're not cool. missing anything if you do 2D. Yeah. Okay, but either way, go see it. Time out. The Great Space Coaster will return after these messages. Are you a fan of DuckTales, Gargoyles, or Tailspin? Then boy, have I got a podcast for you. Hi, I'm Jason, host of DAF Radio. And I'm Matt, the co-host. Join us as we talk about these fan-favorite shows that you grew up with and meet the people that made them. Find us at DAFradio.net or in your favorite podcasting app. Until next time, enjoy the afternoon. I'm in. Now back to the program. And now I would like to fill our remaining bit of time for the year of 2014 by just playing some fun Christmas music. Uh, a, a lot of this, uh, some of this you might be familiar with and not know it. Uh, there is some music from a, a movie called Scrooge. Uh, it stars Alec Guinness as Marley and Albert Finney as Ebenezer Scrooge. And some of the music, like the main theme called "It's Sing a Christmas Carol, has actually been used by Disney in some of their Christmas parades. So um, I'm going to play a little bit of that, but uh, there's a song from that movie I really want to play for you that I thought was a bit more fun. Uh, but I will play, there's an ending clip and some audio, and you'll get to hear that as well as a lot of other just kind of fun things. Uh, I'm even going to dedicate a couple of these Christmas songs to... Warnerville, Indiana. You know who you are, Scott and Tracy. Normally known as Disney Indiana, they for an April Fool's once did Warnerville. It was a lot of fun, and there are fans of Warner Brothers cartoons, so there's going to be a couple things I'll play that that I think they'll enjoy, and so will you. But uh, let's just have a little fun, have a little bit more Christmas music. We don't have to let go of Christmas just yet. Uh, You know, we've still got a few days left in 2014, so I think it'll be fun. Here you go. Of all the days in all the year that I'm familiar with, there's only one that's really fun. December the 20th. Do ask anyone, call Robinson or Brown or Jones or Smith, their favorite day and they will say, December the 25th. Correct, December the 25th. Maybe it's December the 25th. The dearest day in all the year. December the 25th. Correct. Times we're glad to see the back of all our kin and kith. But there's a date we celebrate. December the 25th. Correct. At times our friends may seem to be devoid of wit and pith. 
but all of us are humorous. Correct, December the 25th, Meteors, December the 25th, the dearest day in all the year. There's a day in history that's more than any myth. Beyond a doubt, when day stands out. Correct. I don't hear any arguments, so may I say forthwith. I wish that every day could be December the 25th. December the 25th, my dears. December the 25th. The dearest day in all the year. December the 25th, my dears. December the 25th, my dears. Tis a season to be jolly and joyous Fa-la-la With a burst of pleasure we feel it arrive Fa-la-la It's a season when the saints can employ us Fa-la-la To spread the news about peace and to keep love alive Nice I'll have a blue At Christmas Without you Oh, it, it, it feels so ever be ever be a blue. It's just thinking be a be a be about you. It'll be decorations of red on a green Christmas tree. It it won't be the same dear if you're not here with me me me. And when those ever be blue. Snowflakes, it start falling. It'll be that so we when those ever be blue. In the memories, it's the start of calling. You'll be doing all right with your quick Christmas. It'll be but I'll ever be blue. It'll be, it'll be a blue, blue, blue Christmas. Oh, baby, I'll miss you. The hat I got for Christmas is too big it's nice, but my sombrero is too big. Is it raining? Is it snowing? I can't see where I am going, cause the hat I got for Christmas is too big. But ring the bells, 
and beat the drum. Ring the bells and beat the drum. I ring the bells to be polite. But if I see that Santa Claus, I'm going to start a fight. The hat I got for Christmas is too big. Oh, it's nice, but my sombrero is too big. If you wonder why I shiver, I fell three times in the river, cause the hat I got for Christmas is too big. But ring the bells and beat the drum. Ring the bells and beat the drum. I'll ring the bells. But I feel sick Cause Mr. Santa Claus You played on me a dirty trick The hat I got for Christmas is too big It's nice but my sombrero is too big If you think it's hot in Siam You should be in here where I am The hat I got for Christmas is too big The hat I got for Christmas is too big It's nice but my sombrero is too big Can't tell one thing from another I got married to my brother The hat I got for Christmas is too big But ring the bells and beat the drum Ring the bells and beat the drum I'll ring the bells and say ole! But Mr. Senor Santa Claus, you spoil my holiday. Por qué such a sombrero grande, Santa Claus? Okay, I gotta talk about the next thing I'm gonna play just briefly because this has a great memory attached to it. Uh, if any of you used to watch the Bobo Zoo show back on uh, WGN in Chicago station, Sometimes in the middle of the Bobo, Bobo <laughs> Bozo show, they would show some cartoons. And around Christmas time, they had a couple of different snow. Uh, well, Susie Snowflake was one of the cartoons, but they had a different couple of cartoons they would play of Christmas that were actually made in Chicago. And my absolute favorite one was one called Hard Rock, Coco, and Joe. Oh, the old lady, old lady, I know that's Hard Rock and Coco and Joe. Now listen, my children, and you shall hear. A story fantastic, a story so queer. It's all about Santa and his helpers three. There's Hard Rock and Coco and Joe. Now Hard's the driver up there by his sleigh. Coco reads maps and he shows him the way. Though old Santa really has no need for Joe, but takes him cause he loves him so. Oh, you lady, oh lady, I hate. Donner and Blitzen away, away Oh, you lady, oh lady, I hope I'm Hard Rock I'm Coco I'm Joe And Santa is busy with his heavy pack He trusts his drivers and never looks back Oh, you lady, oh lady, I hope I'm Hard Rock I'm Coco I'm Joe Now go to bed early on this Christmas Eve I've no way of knowing just what you'll receive. But you'll hear their laughter, that much I do know. Twill be Hard Rock and Coco and Joe. The three little men, oh 
keep high Singing to Santa way up in the sky Laughing and shouting as the sleigh bells ring It's hard rock and cocoa and joe Oh, old lady, old lady, I hate Donner and Blitzen away, away Oh, old lady, old lady, I hope It's hard rock, eat cocoa, it's joe And Santa is busy with his heavy pack He trusts his drivers and never looks back
Christmas time all over the world, and Christmas here at home. The church bells chime wherever we roam. So quiet, Noel, Feliz Natal, to you. The snow is thick in most of the world. And children's eyes are wide as old Saint Nick gets ready to ride. So Feliz Navidad, Fajun Ferici, and Happy New Year to you. Though the customs may change and the language is strange. This appeal we feel is real in Holland or Hong Kong. It's Christmas time all over the world and places near and far. And so, my friends, wherever you are. Which means a very merry Christmas to you. It's Christmas time all over the world, in places near and far. And so, my friends, wherever you are, that's right. Uh huh. Which means a very merry Christmas to. Everybody. Hey, uh, wh- what part do I play in the Christmas pageant, Ernie? It's the lead, Bert. <gasps> the lead? You're going to be the star of the whole play. Oh, me? Well, what's the part, Ernie? We took a vote, and everybody voted for you, Bert. How about that? Yeah, how about that? Well, well who do I play? Bert, we said, who could play this part better than anybody? Yeah? And who got every single vote? Yeah, who? Old buddy Bert, that's who. Me? We said old Bert's the only one who can play this part. Oh, wow. Well, what do I play, Ernie? A Santa Claus. No, no, an angel. The spirit of Christmas past, right? Well, who, 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 who? A tree. I knew it. You just stand here and and hold your arms out, sort of tree-like. Hold out your arms there, Bert. I knew it. Oh, that's good. Mm-hmm. Now, don't move, Bert. Keep your arms out and try to think like a tree. Ernie. Shh, Bert. Okay, Prairie? Oh, okay. Okay, Grover, open the curtain. Hold still now, Bert. Welcome, oh, welcome to our little play. We're so very glad that you joined us today. To celebrate Christmas, 
we must find a tree. So come to the forest with Harry and me. Here we are, Fairy and Harry, marching through the forest, looking for a Christmas tree. March, march, look, look. Oh, see, we have found one so straight and so tall. We'll take it and set it right in our front hall. It's green and it's lovely. Why, nothing it lacks. It's perfect, dear Harry. So get out your axe. Hold it. Stay away from me, Harry. Oh, don't worry, Bert. I don't have an axe anyway. I'll pull you out by the roots. Harry, put me down. Shh! I gotta carry you home. It's part of the play. <laughs> Our friends see the tree now. They like it a lot. Ooh, look at that! It's so beautiful. <laughs> now that is what I call a Christmas tree. See how it comes to a nice point on top? Ernie, shh, Bert. Trees don't talk. All right, all right. <clears throat> Our friends see the tree. Now they like it a lot. I take it and stuff it in a flower pot. Harry. Then back in some dirt. Harry, what are you doing? Gotta put a tree in dirt, Bert, or he'll die. But Harry. That's why I pulled you out by the roots, Bert, so I could transplant you. All right, all right, but hurry, my arms are getting tired. Yeah, 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 yeah. Then pack in some dirt and pour on some water.、Ah! Gotta water a tree, Bert. Yeah, but it's cold. There's mud in my saddle shoes. Shh. And pour on some water and transplant a Christmas tree just like I ordered. Oh hi, Barry. It's your turn. <laughs> And these decorations we hang on the tree, make it cute and adorable. Not unlike me. <laughs> I throw on the tinsel. It glitters and glows and hangs from each branch. Not to mention Bert's nose. Ach. <laughs> Cookie. Now you, Cookie. No. Yes. <sighs> me hanging up candy canes. Me got a whole bunch. One for tree, one for me. Then me save one for lunch. <sighs> Then we add Christmas balls, all shiny and bright, and long strings of popcorn.、Uh, me ate them last night. Cookie, sorry. Ernie, my arms. Shh, Bert.、Oh. This is almost the end of the play. <clears throat> Next to last come the lights, wound around and around, from the tippy tip top, right on down to the ground. A hundred bright lights, colored bright green and red. And last comes the star, right on Bert's pointy head. Our play. Just one more detail. My arms feel like clay. Shh, Bert.
turn out all the lights. Be as still as can be. Now it's dark. Now it's quiet. Now turn on our tree. Between the pair of us, we finally made a merry Christmas, didn't we? It's me, Mickey. I wanted to call and wish you a Merry Christmas. Oh, what a Merry Christmas day. Hear the joyous music play. Bells are ringing, choir singing. Oh, what a Merry Christmas day. Sharing the season of good cheer with the ones we hold so dear. I'd like to continue wishing you a very Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year, and I hope you go out on 2014 and celebrate the end of it with a bang. I hope it's been a wonderful year for you, and here's to all the best in 2015. I know my life is going to undergo a very significant change as I am changing jobs, and uh, whew, uh, 
A lot of new responsibilities with that, and uh, very exciting, very frightening as well, because, I, boy, this is a good job, and I definitely need to keep it, and I've got to learn how to do the job, and, of course, you have the gap in pay sometimes that occurs when you're transitioning, and so big changes coming for me. Uh, it looks to be a very exciting 2015. We've got a new Avengers movie, a new Star Wars movie. I mean, it's going to be a great year, but uh, you, you go and you celebrate the coming of 2015, and we'll see you back here next week at this same time. Until then... God bless, and we'll see you next time, and make sure you keep that pixie in your pocket. Thank you for listening to the Neverland Podcast. Please subscribe and rate the show on iTunes, Stitcher, and Blueberry. We love to hear from you on Twitter.com slash NeverlandPcast and Facebook.com slash NeverlandPodcast. Leave us a voicemail at 816-226-6492. And send email to podcast at neverlandpodcast.com. Join us next week and we'll once again go to Disney and beyond. The Neverland Podcast is copyright Blue Band Productions and all original content belongs to the same. Other content is copyright of their respective creators and is used under Creative Commons license.